<laughs> Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Davav and Masechus Tainis. Um, I, that wasn't on record, Andrew. He was harassing me that we actually finished the daf yesterday. And here we go. Four lines down on Vav Ahmed Aleph. And happy birthday, Ido. All right. It's the Hebrew birthday. I bless everyone on this podcast. Even you guys. We're big in Buenos Aires. You know that. I know. I feel, I, now I feel like Ellie Stefanski. I think that was the first mention. <laughs> okay. Right? So we were promised. Uh, we read this in Kriyashma, guys. That we're going to get um, Yorah, which is the first rain, and Malkosh, which is the last rain, um, if we do the right thing. We're going to get rain, which is, in fact, I was just giving brachas for, for um, Gashmias. You know, Gashmias comes from the word Geshem, because that is the source of material, uh, material things. Uh, and as we will see, Chazal looked at it almost like a, um, a spousal relationship, in a sense, because the rain falls down, it penetrates the earth, and the earth uh, springs forth offspring in the form of vegetation. Uh, we'll see this in the Gemara. So be that as it may, where do the words Yore and Malkush come from? Satanarabana, Yore, the etymology of the word, Shemore es abrios. It instructs the people. How so? Well, it's a sign, morning Barry. It, I, I was stalling, don't worry. Shemore es la atiach gagosein. Well, why is it called Yore? Umalkosh, because it's a mora. It's a teacher. It teaches you that you have to start. It's going to rain. So you got to plaster your roofs. Lachna's parasane. You got to bring in all the fruit. You're not drying the fruit anymore. Or the fruit is not going to be um, left, in, in, whether it's on, on the roof or in the fields. You better bring it in before it gets drenched. Velasas cults are And whatever preparations you need to now switch over from summer mode to winter mode. Dover acher. So that's one explanation of yore. Another explanation. Shemeraves haaretz. Saturates the earth. That's a different uh, etymology. Umashke ad tahom. Waters it to the what? The tahaim, the depths. How do we know? Shanamar tlameha ravei naches gedudeha birvivim timogegena simcha tevarech. Right. So, so, so that is, uh, okay. And that's in Tehillim, I think. Did you, did you, did you, does that sound familiar from Tehillim? That isn't Tehillim. Yeah. Okay. What does that mean? Telame Rave, this, you saturate the, the Telame, the, the Telem is a furrow. So you saturate them and you bring Nachas, right, to its bands, Naches Kidudeha, right, and then the bands of people, and then with Vivim is showers, there's a street Vivim and, and, uh, Ramat Bechemesh, Timogegena, uh, you shower, that means soften it. And then, Simchat Averech is the growth you bless. So in that context, uh, it's Tlamea Rave. You saturate the furrows, and therefore that's where you get the word Yore. Okay. Another, Davaracher, Yore, she Yoreid Benachas. Be'eno Yoreid Bezaf. What does that have to do with Yore? Yoreid Benachas means that it gently falls. And it's not doing so Bezaf, which is violently falling. What does Rashi say? Shiyore benachas, v'achi mashma yore ke'odam shemore le'talmid of benachas. Isn't that nice? It's like a teacher, right? And that's what it means. So it's in the same etymology of the first, uh, um, right, the first opinion, which is, it's not, it's not yore like yoreid. No, it's yore like more, which means a teacher, when they teach, should do so gently, right? So should do so calmly and gently. That's how you get the point across. Not necessarily fire, fire. Okay, now, now, 
We assume that all of these etymologies means that Mora is a positive thing. However, the word itself, as we'll see, as Rashi will explain, is actually not always considered to be a positive word because yore, like a chetz, to yore uh, is to shoot someone. Okay? So if you shoot someone, that's not necessarily a positive thing at all. Says the Gemara, Eino yore elishemasher taperos. Maybe yore means a negative thing. Now, you would say, as Yitz Topper points out, Menasati mitarat zachembi to yore malkosh sounds like Venasati, I'm going to give it to you. Right? The context certainly seems like if you do the right thing, I'm going to give you Yore Malkosh. So that's the tension here. The word Yore in the rest, this is what, this is what the Gemara is going to flesh out with the Mepharshim. The word Yore is, and we, we're in Baltimore, so we don't like, you know, the idea of shootings and things like that. So the word Yore is in, inherently, we're typically, uh, we're, we're about uh, uh, in the first wide line on Vav Aleph. So the, the word yore, it means, the word yore is inherently pos, potentially scary. It's only in context that we know that it's beneficial. So let's see it in the Gemara. It could be that it's just knocking the fruit off the tree, like Isaac Newton, right? With the apple and the, um, and the, uh, and the arrow. And it washes away the seeds. Right? And it washes away the trees. You have waters that sometimes in hurricanes are sometimes very destructive. So how do we know that this is a positive thing? Says the Gemara, Talmud Lomar Malkosh. So I would have said, as the Gemara eventually will say, context is also important. But the Gemara doesn't need to come to that because we say Yore Malkosh. Malkosh is always good. That's what the Gemara is saying. Ma Malkosh Lebracha Af Yore It's always a blessing to have a Malkosh. That's never means, that never means detrimental rain. And therefore, since Malkosh is beneficial, as Rashi explains, Therefore, also, the yore is always beneficial. Fine. This is what Rashi said already over here with regards to yore. It says, Right? It breaks everything, right? Shooting. Fine. So now, <clears throat> says the Gemara, Maybe Malkosh can, in fact, be detrimental. It can knock down houses and breaks trees. And it could raise up the cicadas, right? Or the locusts. Tamadomar Yore. So that would say no. Now Yore. Ma Yore Levracha Af Malkosh Levracha. This is, uh, sounds like we're doing laps around a uh, circular logic here. That we learn Malkosh from Yore and Yore from Malkosh. So now we're saying since Yore is Bracha, so too Malkosh is Bracha. But how do we know that Yore is a Bracha? The children of Zion, you should be happy. With Hashem, okay. So there we know this is a um, this is a world famous pasuk in Yoel. So he says you should rejoice because you can get the moral tzedakah. Now the juxtaposition of moral tzedakah certainly is a a uh, positive connotation. And then it came down Certainly in that context, it's. Yore and Malkush are both a positive context. And therefore, the Gemara says, we know that it is a positive thing. Now, I would have said, it's in Kriyashma. It says, if you do the right thing and you do the mitzvahs, I'll give you Yore and Malkush in its proper time. It would, be, it would not be quite uh, the same level of incentive if it meant a destructive thing. 
So there's something going on here where the Gemara th- says inherently these could be destructive and how do we know? It's almost like I give you a promise and you say, wait, how do I know that that's a good thing? Okay. So now, <clears throat> so now we know we have the Pasuk and Yoel that connotes that it is a good thing. So now, two dots. Five lines down in the wide, Goranowitz. Yesterday we had a great Muslim moment. If we have time, I'll go over it again today because, well, I'm going to go over it if we have time. That's, uh, here we go. But maybe there'll be another one today. Tanar Banan. Yorubin Okay. So the Torah tells you that the Yorah will be in Marcheshvan, and then that the Malkosh, remember, the Yorah is the first rain, the Malkosh is the last rain. So is that when it's going to happen? I thought, Omer, Yorah Marcheshvan, Malkosh Benisan? Oh, Eno, Ela Yorah Betishari Malkosh Be'ir. How do we know that it's going to be Marcheshvan and Nisan? Now, Marcheshvan and Nisan are, um, in terms of, Agriculturally, there's, they're the ideal time. Okay. Uh, however, how do we know for sure? So again, it sounds like when somebody gives you a favor, right? You give them a little bit of a hand. They always, <laughs> this is the first time I'm mentioning Avram Manricks. He used to say, he was my contractor. He built my office back in Israel. And he used to say that, um, Broke, yeah. contractor, he built the office. So, so he says, he says there were, there were, there were uh, city officials that he used to give gifts to. And as a contractor, that was very beneficial to him, right? Because they used to uh, be nice with him with permits and things of the, and the like. Anyway, he used to say, you'd be surprised how, you know, you, you approach them. If you said, you know, I'd like to give you a gift, uh, you give them very lavish gifts. So if you say, I'd like to give you a gift, they say, uh, what do you think I am? The kind of person that receives gifts and what? You think I'm going to give you favors? They're totally above... Right, they're totally above reproach. Uh, however, if you just give them a car, which he did, then they'll call you every six months to take it for like uh, tire rotation and oil change. Meaning, at a certain point, he knew how to do this, <coughs> and he knew how to enter uh, the human nature. So this is an element of human nature here, where we're saying, okay, you're telling us in Krishna, if we do the right thing, we get Yorei Makosh. Just um, how good is the Yorei Makosh going to be? And um, are we, can it please be in Cheshvan uh, and, 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 and Nisan? Can we try to make sure that it's not in uh, Tishrei and Iyar? Do you know what I mean? Like once you get the bracha, you start getting picky about it, okay? So Talmud Loma, Be'ito. But the Pasuk says, Be'ito, you're going to give it your, at your proper time. Right? As Rashi explains, Yor B'machesha Malkush B'Nisan, Shekachi Ha'es V'Azman. That's the best time. Okay. I had, I had the same joke like you told you about, and, and I didn't give gifts like everybody else. All right. Lavish. Mm-hmm. And that's why I had to quit because. Yeah, you have to quit. You have to quit. <laughs> so, Malkush, what's the meaning of. Okay, so we did Yore. What is actually the meaning of Malkush? So, we had three definitions for Mora, Yore, and etymologies. Where does Malkush come from? Now, yeah, Rashi says um, right away, as the Gemara says, It's something that. Is gemalt right? It does a bris on the hardness of Kalisville. In other words, they're coming in very uh, full of themselves, very headstrong, and it softens and um, and hum- humbles them, right? As Rashi says over here, right? That they might get full of themselves if they think that they are doing kochi biotsim yadi asazos, and they think that everything's going to go well. So sometimes. A Garanowitz Musar moment, sometimes prosperity can lead to um, 
thinking that you don't need Hashem, right? right. Uh, it's like it's like when you when you're desperate for a parking spot and you say Hashem, please get me a parking spot, and right. then you find one, you say never mind, I, I found one. So sometimes <laughs> so sometimes prosperity leads to leads to right uh, being full of yourself. However, as soon as Hashem withholds the rain, it softens you and and humbles you. Okay, the Vayver Yishmael Tana says the Gemara Davishim Emalat Tvua BeKasher Malkosh Emalat BeKasher. It fills the stalk with grain. Okay, BeMasnisa Tana, and there was a brisa that says Davishiyarid Al Hamalilos VeLaKashin. It's what it's right rain that falls on the Malila and the stalks. The Malila is the ears, and the Kash is the stalk. Fine, right? That's what we call straws. Kash Tana Rabban. Let's see what's going on here with Marcheshvan. It says, Yorba Marcheshvan Malkush Benisan. It's going to fall on Marcheshvan, the Yorba and the Malkush Benisan. Not to Omer, Yorba Marcheshvan, O Eno Ela Bechodesh Kislev. Dafiomi coincidence. Maybe the Marsh should fall down in the month of Kislev, Talmud Lomar, Beito Yoreo Malkush, proper time, Ma Malkush Beito, Yorba Beito. Every, uh, right, Af Yorba Beito, everything should fall out in its proper time. Okay, another brisa. Tanya idach yor b'macheshem malkosh b'nisan diver meir b'chachamim amrim yor b'kislev. Chachamim say when is yor right? In other words, the pasuk says I'm going to give it to you in its proper time. What's the proper time? So agriculture it should be macheshvan. But we see over here that there is a shita that claims that the best time would be kislev. What is this? The machlokus in mitzias, like a machlokus in what is the best time, perhaps. Ask the Gemara, Man Chachamim, in which Chachamim is this? We want to identify who thinks that the best time for the first rain to come down is Kislev. So Amar of Chista, Rabbi Yosehi. The Tanya, Ezohi, Revi, There's a Brisa. The Brisa goes like this. It says, when is the first rainfall? Habakira, Bishloshim, Marcheshvan. Here we go. The first rainfall is Marcheshvan Gimel. Gimel Cheshvan. Beinonis, Bishivabo. The intermediate is on the seventh of Cheshvan. And Afila, which is the last, is Beshiva Sarbo. So you have the third, the seventh, and the seventeenth of Cheshvan is the Tanakama of the Spraisa. Diva Rabbi Meir. That's Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Huda Aimer, Beshiva, Uvi Yudzain, Nevesi Sticking with Cheshvan, they both agree that the first uh, rains are in Cheshvan, but they say that the first rains are in the seventeenth and in the twenty-third of Cheshvan. And Rabbi Yossi Omer, here we go, this Tana says, that the rains are going to come. Now this is the first, um, uh, this is all Yoreh, right? This is all the first rains. Uh, you know, when it rains intermittently, so what do you call the first rain? So the first rain could be the first three rainfalls is a group called the first rain. So that first rain falls down on the 17th, the 3rd, I'm sorry, the 17th and then the 23rd of Cheshvan, and then Rosh Chodesh Kislev. That's Rabbi Yossi's shita. And therefore you see that Rabbi Yossi has it, is the only shita that goes as far into the calendar as Kislev to say that some of the first rain does in fact fall in Kislev. And then the, the Brisa continues, right? And correspondingly, there's a halachic nafkamina to this. In other words, why do you care when the first, second, and third rain is? The question of how do they have Machlokas and the Mitzias, uh, I guess we'll have to set aside, right? Because what are they arguing about? But certainly, there are two things, and I may as well give it away now, but the Gemara will discuss it. There are halachic nafkamitas to when the first, second, and third Yorah is. 
uh, certainly the first and the third, because if the rain, uh, in other words, when the first rain is supposed to fall is when you're supposed to start saying That's the first date, right? Whether it's the third of Marcheshvan or the seventh or the seventh or the seventeenth. And then the last date is if the first rain does not fall by then, so then you have to start fasting. This is Maseches Tainus after all, right? So that's basically the Lachik Nafkaminas. The Gemara is going to ask, what about this, the middle date? But be that as it may, we see that Rabbi Yossi agrees with himself that it should start on the 17th of Cheshvan and then the 23rd and then the 1st of Kislev. And if you don't see rain by then, that is when you're going to uh, start fasting, not before that. Fine. Goranowitz asks a good question. He says, you know what? Just pray for, just pray, asks Goranowitz, with the maximum, uh, right, with the maximum uh, effort right away, every year, all the time. Why do you need to have the rain not come down in order to pray? So it's a good, it's a good question. I once asked, you know, when we, we learned this stuff for Malinowitz, uh, Leland Nishmas from Malinowitz, that's all. So I once asked him, uh, I said, he, he, he wanted to do some learning incentive and I said, it's too intense. It's too intense. It's too much. People can't handle it. It would be like, it would be like davening Yom Kippur davening once a month. <laughs> you know, it's just too much. People, you know, there is a balance, uh, you know, in, in anything in life uh, and in davening also, but, or in whatever, where, where, where people, for example, in cycling, this is a shout out to my son Zalmi. So like people, the cyclists will want to peak for the Tour de France. They can't go at that peak performance every year, so they're timing it. So even in Ruchnius, right, you have to time it for your maximum effort. So Melanowitz answered, you know we have a tefillah that you don't go to in our shul, uh, Yom Kippur Katan, on Erev Rosh like every year, every month, right? I was like, oh, that was embarrassing. I said, well, yeah, but still, that, that was my point. That's why I don't go. But anyway, the point is that, um, to answer your question, which I think is a good question, I think that you need to have uh, a sense of urgency that's a natural sense of urgency to really inspire that intensity. Um, but it's a good question. It's very hard to, to have that intensity all the time. You can burn out. Anyway, what's the halacha on this? Ah, the halacha is like Yossi, the last Tana in the Brisa. And Amemar taught Rav Chista's statement the following way. In other words, the fact that the halacha is like Yossi, he couched it in the following terms. Uh, Rabban Gamliel, Omer B'Shiva Bo. So this was, again, repeating the Brisa. So uh, one Shita, which we, we know as a mayor, is that it's on the third of Cheshvan. And Rabban Gamliel says that's on the seventh. That corresponds to Rabbi Yehuda, right? He agrees with Rabbi Yehuda in the Brisa. In Omer of Chista, Halacha Kerabban Gamliel. So Rabban Chista said that the Halacha is not, in fact, like Rev Yossi, but like Rabban Gamliel, who's really in our Brisa, the same shita as Rabbi Yehuda. Okay, so now four lines up from the bottom says the Gemara, right? What is going on? Kaman Azla Hadatanya, whose opinion is reflected in the following brisa? Rav Shimon ben Gamliel Omer Gesham Shiyardu Shiva Yomim Ze Acharze Atamone ben Revia Rishonah Shniyah Shlishis. So it says like this: If rainfall lasts for what seven consecutive days, if the falls uninterrupted the rain for seven consecutive days, you could consider that as a combination of the first and the second or the second and the third, depending on what it fell. In other words, you don't say that it's um, just one rainfall. Oh, 
it continued and it never stopped. And therefore, this is still the first rainfall, right? You could say that was the first rainfall, but it dovetailed with the second rainfall. Like, like Binyamin is part of a union, right? So he, can dove, he knows the manual by heart. So he can dovetail his vacation days with his sick days, with his off days and his personal days and make it like a, like a three-week vacation. So it's seamless, right? You're, you're, you're putting it together like pieces of a puzzle. But it's still considered different types of days, right? That doesn't mean that it's all one long thing. So he says, Now, says the Gemara, come on, Karabiyosi. Well, that only fits with Karabiyosi. Why? Because if you count the number of days between the first, second, and third um, installments of the first reign, you'll see that only Karabiyosi's Shita, right, which does 17 to 23rd, and then 23rd to Rosh Chodesh Kislev has seven days in between all the installments. You look at the other Shitas and you see it's three and 10, right? 10, right? So it's different, different, uh, uh, spans of time, whereas within Rabiosi, it's seven days in between the intervals. And so by saying that a, a week-long rain is considered two different rains, even though it just flows one into the next, then it's obviously reflecting the sheet of Rabiosi because those are the intervals of Rabiosi. Now, let's reiterate what Rav Chista's psaq is. Amar Rav Chista, Rabiosi. Okay, that means, again, that you're going to have to Say the Mashiach Marita Gashem on the 23rd of Cheshvan, and then you're going to have to uh, say, start a Tainus on the Rosh Chodesh Kislev. Ask the Gemara. When you say that Halacha is like Rabbi I can understand why it's a Halacha and not just a farmer's almanac observation, right, about the weather, with regards to the first rainfall. Because that's lishal. That's when you know how to ask for, right, for geshamim. And shlishi is lis anos, right? Uh, by the way, I, I misspoke. This is not when you start saying mashiva rochomer de gashem. This is when you say v'sein talamater. Apologize. This is when you say v'sein talamater. Okay. Right, that's what she'elas geshamim is. That's what we're talking about in the Mishnah. So, bishleim revir shona lishal. That's when you know you have to say v'sein talamater. Shlishi is lis anos. And the last one is to know when you have to start fasting. So according to Rabbi Yossi, it would be Rosh Chodesh Kislev. Shnei what's the purpose of the second rainfall here, which is going to fall out on the 23rd of Cheshvan? What is that about? So we're going to have a few nafkaminas. Nafkamina number one, on the last line of Avon Ralph. Amar Abzeira, Linedarim. Everything's always relevant to Linedarim. And it's like Andrew's, Andrew's, what is that, Sosani? What brand sneakers are those? So... Asics, my bad. Andrew's Asics gels. I'll say, I'll only do this if Andrew's Asics gels are blue, right? So, what's the nafkamina? Who cares that his shoes are blue? I made a nether. I'll only, I'll only do that. I'll do this if his his shoes are blue. So, nadarim is always is always a nafkamina. But it be as it may. It says the gemara, Amar Zayla nadarim. Titnan, as we learned in the Mishnah. Where's this Mishnah in nadarim? As we turn to the first word in Vavam Beis, I know there ad hagashamim or mishiyer do hagashamim. Or So you say, right? So, so Garanowitz swears he's going to come every single day. He's going to set the T-Mobile and make sure that it's working until the rains. Or from the time the rains start to fall. Or he's more explicit and he says until the second Revia falls. Uh, why are those, all those referring to the second rain? Because rains in the plural means the first and then the second rain. Ah, so that's the nafkamina of the second rain. That when you use a lushan until the rains, 
or you could be explicit and say that until Raviyah Shniya, that's always going to be a nafkamina with Nadarim if you're explicit. But if you make those Nadarim, so then that's going to make a difference to know when he has to come to Dafyomi without missing. He has to come until the uh, 23rd of Cheshvan, according to Rabbi Yossi. Fine. Another possible nafkamina, Amar of Zvid, Rav Zvid Amar, Lezaisim. It's relevant to the olives. What does that have to do with the olive? Well, it's not like we learned in the Mishnah in what? Peah. It's an interesting thing with Lekha Shikhar Peah. master discusses what the Rambam Shita is, is here. Uh, I'll just say it basically outside like this. Lekha Shikhar Peah, right, are obviously uh, mitzvahs that you're supposed to treat when you're harvesting. You're supposed to leave things for the, what, the poor people to go get um, the leftovers, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a form of chesed that we do. Uh, those are the halachas of Leket Shechopea. Now, at a certain point, they're not coming to get it anymore. At a certain point, they're not going to come get it anymore. At a certain point, it's just going to get ruined. When is that point? That is when the second rain. The first rain, the crops could still survive, right? And the crops could still kind of uh, be edible, usable, um, and, then, and, and therefore you would still want to leave it for the people who are more destitute and are in greater need of it. But at a certain point, Andrew, it's going to get ruined. Like, if you don't take it, nobody's going to take it. So you might as well take it. When is that? The second rain. By the second rain, the stuff is ruined. So says the Gemara, it's not. Like we learned in the Mishnah, after the real rummagers have already gone through the field, Nemusha says, Rashi's lost in Right, a memashesh, a gashash, a chiver. He's 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 rummaging around, okay, um, like a blind person in the dark. So right, so they're 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 rummaging, they're feeling everything. So those are the most desperate people. They've already gone through it. Like they're they found everything that you're going to find, okay. Beferes of ololos. So when are the wealthy people allowed to take parrots and ololos, which is a type of produce? Mishelchanim bekerem veyavo. Once all the poor people went through already, this is right uh, clearly some sort of produce of the vineyard. So once all the poor people have gone through the vineyard, they could go they, and and then they went through it once, and then they went through it twice, and they've been through it a couple of times. So that's when you can take those um, those produce of the vineyard. And bezaisim, however, when are the wealthy people allowed? And again, the reason why we're saying wealthy people is it means when is it really? already available to everyone. At some point, Leket Shekhorpeah is no longer just for the people who need it. That is the purpose of the mitzvah. But at a certain point, everyone else may as well take it, even the wealthy people, because nobody's going to take it anymore. When does that apply to olives? Mishetered or Once it comes, the second rainfall. Because again, after that, they're going to get ruined. And it's assumed at that point that everything already has been collected. Ah. So now the Gemara just tries to discuss more of etymology. My nimushos. What is meant by rummagers? Those are the elderly people that are walking around with a cane. Uh, Riley Witz pointed out, somebody said that this was, they're walking slowly, right? Sometimes when you uh, go around, it's Mr. Moment, if you go through something fast, haste makes waste and you miss things. If you go through the Gemara as we do, oh, you know, there's a, somebody told me, somebody asked me yesterday if they should start learning Daf Yomi. And I said, he said, how long? I said, well, yeah, do Daf explaining. He says, how long is Daf explaining? I said, 
Well, it's a dish best served at 1.5 speed, I think. It's, uh, it comes out to 35 minutes or so. He says, so you mean you give 50 minutes worth of daf? You know that the trend is to make it faster and faster and faster. That's like the hottest thing. If you can get it to eight minutes, uh, the second Ali Stefanski mentioned, then, then, then you're really rolling. Everybody wants to get through it as quickly as possible. So I said, well, you're not going to know this because you're doing it in eight minutes, but uh, there are those who say that Nemushos uh, are the, don't miss a thing, right? Because if, if you go through it, right, uh, and you go through it, as we said before, benachas, and you try to make sure that you understand every word, you're going to get more out of it. So similarly here, the analogy is those who are rummaging slowly are going to find all the stuff. Amar Yochanan, Save de Azlea Tigra, right? The people, as we just said, and Reshlakesh Amar Lakute Basar Lakute. Those who are actually gleaning after the people are already gleaned. So basically, after they're gone, that's when you, uh, anybody can really come and get the Leket, Shikha, and Pea. Okay. That was the second Nafkamina, the Zaysim of when the second rainfall is. What a third Nafkamina now. Rav Papa Amar, eight lines down. Kedel Halach Bishvile Arashus. Ooh. Mehalach Bishvile Arashus. Amar Mar, Mehalchen Kol Adam Bishvile Arashus. Ashatayr Dreviashnia. This was, okay. When we entered Eretz Yisrael, so Yeshua did not want the Jews to act like um, self-entitled jerks. He wanted them to be uh, considerate of one another. And so he instituted what we call the Baltimore rules uh, for certain things. One of them was to go through, you could go through and walk each other's yards. If uh, Andrew and Barry, if you guys want to come to Cheswold, you'll see, I think you have it on Bancroft also, a cut through. But, 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 but will tell you over in the Shomri Muna section of town, we walk through each other's yards with impunity. It's like a bungalow colony. colony. And so that used to be the halacha. You could take a shortcut through somebody's yard. However, by the second rainfall, you should not do so because at a certain point, the vegetation is starting to get lush. And by walking through someone's yard, you're going to trample. You're going to trample valuable, right, gardens. And so there is a checks and balances. You want to be considerate of others, but you also don't want to ruin each other's stuff. Um, some of the, some of the uh, hawk over here is that that is, there's, there's 10. The Gemara says that there's 10. Uh, however, that's the Gemara in Babakama. And really, this was the 11th, if you count the, in Babakama. Uh, all the different enactments of Yeshua, that was the 11th enactment, but later on they took it away. Be that as it may, um, that, is, that, that is something that happened over there. They said, what about, is, this is Rashi over here, right? Okay, but there's a little bit of a discussion here because really that one was the one that was done away with. Be that as it may, it's the 11th, but, but uh, Ravari Leibowitz had a teretz, and it's applicable to us. It's kind of a Garanowitz Musser moment that all the other enactments actually had to do specifically with Eretz Yisrael. So that's why that remained as one of the 10 enactments of Yeshua in Eretz Yisrael. However, this 11th one, uh, the reason why it's not counted in the 10, but even though it's still valid, is because it applies to Baltimore as well, and all the in all the nations, we should take this to heart, the idea of being considerate of other people. So owners of homes, be considerate to the people in your community and let people walk through as a shortcut. And those who 
walk through and take a shortcut, don't be self-entitled and think you can do it all the time. Be considered of owners of homes and don't walk through during times of the year where you're trampling on their stuff. See how you're supposed to, everybody's supposed to think of somebody else. That's the point, Barry. And, and I know you do that. And Ethan Shore, if you walk through someone's property that, that they're able to, uh, they're allowed to shoot you. I knew you were going to come. I knew you were going to say that. I don't know how. Well, I, I don't know. I felt it in my bones. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourth Nafkamina. Oh, Rav Nachum B'Yitzchak. There he is. Rav Nachum B'Yitzchak Amar Levar Peres Shviyas. What's the point of the second rainfall? Disposing of the seventh year produce. Okay. Rafiomi coincidence. Although, because we're, we're in the seventh year. Shemitah. What, what's going on with here? Ditanan. There's a Mishnah, okay, in Shviyas. It says the following. Ad Maasai Nen in Vesorfin B'Tevin Vakashel Shviyas. Until when can you get Hana'ah from the straw and, and, and grain of Shavuot. So this is really when you're in the eighth year until when can you benefit from the straw of the seventh year. Says the Gemara, That's what it says. Now, if you were to look in the Mishnah in Shavuot, in the ninth paragraph of Shavuot, you would find that it doesn't look anything like this. And so if you're really going in here, you're going to find that um, none of this really is what the Mishnah says. One of the main issues is that you're not really actually allowed to do anything other than eat the produce of the seventh year. You can't burn it at all. So it reads very differently here. But be that as it may, here it sounds like you can have the hana of burning it, and you could do so until the rainfall at the beginning of the eighth year. At that point, after that point, you can't have hana from it anymore. <clears throat> Interesting. What's the reason? My timer. Right, because it seems like a weird halacha. Why can you do it at all? And then when you, once you can do it, why do you have to stop on the second rainfall? So it's tied in to the fact that you're allowed to. is a pasuk with regards to Shemitah. It says that you're allowed to feed your animals, right? Just because it's Shemitah for us doesn't mean that they get to starve, right? So it says, for them, they're allowed to eat the tvuah. Okay, says the Gemara. So long as the animals are eating out in the fields, you could feed your domesticated animals in the house, right? A, a uh, pom pom shout out. And then, I'm sorry, yeah. And then once the food has gone out from the feet from the field, that's when you can no longer feed it in your house. So again, when the second rain falls, that stubble and straw in the field is no longer edible. And therefore, you can't piggyback on to the heter of the fact that the animals, again, they're allowed to eat the Shemitah produce. So, so long as they can eat the Shemitah produce, that's when you can have Hana in the house. Ah. By the second rainfall, it's already ruined, it's wet, they're not eating it anymore, and that heter stops. So now you know what the connection is between the rainfall and the ability to eat the Shemitah from the year before. Beautiful. Okay. So now, the first wide line on Vavam Bez. And we say like this, at the almost symbolic time of 6.12 a.m. Like this, Amar Rabbi Abo, Ma'ilashon Revia. So this is where we get into, we said before, what Revia means. So Revia, what's the etymology? Says the Gemara, Davar Shavrovea Es Hakarka. It means penetration. So the rain is penetrating the ground. This is like what Rabbi Yehuda said. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Mitra Bala De'ara, who, right, he's doing the spousal analogy. That the rain is like the husband of the of the ground. Just as the rain comes down, right, and the snow comes down from the sky and doesn't return. 
What does it do? It doesn't go back up to the clouds, although, right, if you learn earth science, there is a cycle, but let's leave that out for now. The point is the rain goes, it penetrates the, the ground, and then the ground <coughs> gets impregnated with it, so to speak, and then it gives birth in the, in the form of vegetation. And so that's the whole analogy of like, um, in this Pasuk in, Ishai, in Isaiah, is the analogy of the ground and Moreh being like a spousal relationship with the uh, rain and the ground. Okay. Did, the, did this <coughs> pray, pray to rain? I'm just curious because rain is so important. Well, we're learning Masechus Tainus and all of Masechus Tainus, the topic, if I had to pick one topic, is the prayers for rain. They, the prayers and fasting and uh, for, for rain, we do so. Uh, we, uh, and She'elas is V'tein Talamata, which is coming up. Coincidence. What's going on here? The first rain is considered to have completely fallen only if it fell to the extent that it penetrates the soil a tefach deep. And the second rain, to the extent that it covers the opening of the barrel. What do you mean, opening the barrel? It means that it, the, the unfortunately explained, moistens the soil so enough that you could sort of like use it like clay to form it into a cover of a barrel. To which, He explains that if it fell to that extent, then you cannot say that it's part of the curse of Ve'atzar. There is a curse, right? It says, that if you turn away from Hashem, right, he's going to be angry and he's going to stop the earth. And, and therefore, you're not going to get the proper amount of rain and, and produce that you need. So again, it's, we're like children in school or at home where we want to know, like, is the teacher mad at me? Like, is, at one point, and we'll know if they're mad at you if it actually meets the threshold of ve'atzar. If we're not getting enough rain, then yeah, Hashem's mad. Okay, so Gavran wants to say, you should always just, like, assume Hashem's mad, do better, and daven at your hardest. Okay, not everybody can live up to that Goranitz, but that's why it's the Goranitz Muslim moment. We're trying, okay? So, any rain, if a minimal rain came before you say the word Atsar in Kriyashma. So now we're getting really granular. Right, Rashi explained. Kodem Ve'atsar, he means Kodem Zman Kriyashma, Dechsev Be Ve'atsar Eshashamayim, Af Rov Geshamim. In other words, Rashi's explaining, if it's on that day that the rain's supposed to fall, uh, you don't, and, and, and it didn't fall yet before you got to the word Vatsar and Kriyashma, ain behem mishum Vatsar. That's still not considered Vatsar, right? You have to give, a, give, him, give him the day. You give, him, give me a minute to, to, to give you the rain. However, the Gemara says, Now we're really breaking it down like a fraction. Are we talking about the rain of the previous day? Or of Alkodim Vatsar the Tzafra, however, a minimal rain that came before. The morning Kriyashma, in other words, that fell at night, Yeshben Mishum Atzar. That is part of Ve'atzar. Right? So, again, what are we doing? We're taking the day that the rain's supposed to fall, we're breaking it up into the Kriyashma Shalayla and Kriyashma Shalyom, and we're saying if rain, if the requisite amount of rain, the shear that we just established to determine whether Hashem's angry with us and, and stop the rains, if it fell before the night Kriyashma or the day Kriyashma, are we in fact being punished or not? 
So now that's the question now. Is it the night one, Krishma, or the day Krishma? Damar Biuda Bar Yitzchak says Hane Anane did Safra. Well, clouds of the morning, Lesbu Mishasha. They don't have enough substantial uh, rain to, to, to really move the needle. And therefore, to have it, if you don't, if you don't have it by nighttime, then you're not going to really get a substantial rain. Because it says in the Pasuk, this is in Hosea. What do you want me to do? This is a, it, Hashem is criticizing the Shvatim of Ephraim and Yehuda. What do you want me to do, tribes of Ephraim and Yehuda? Your, your, your goodness is, is empty. It's not good. It's like a morning cloud, which is a useless cloud, right? So that means that the morning clouds are, in fact, useless. And therefore, if you didn't get it by the Kriyashma of nighttime, you ain't getting the, enough rain. And you could assume that it's going to be within the curse of Ve'atzar. To which the Gemara asks, But people say, If rain falls when the gates are open in the early morning, The donkey driver can fold up his sack and go to sleep. Why? Because there's so much rain in that morning rain that the donkey drivers aren't going to even need anything from selling the grain. Oh, wow. Okay. Because the, the, in other words, the produce is going to be, what are the donkey riders doing? They're trying to sell grain from somewhere else. Well, you're not going to, nobody's going to buy it because it's going to be so abundant from this morning rain. So is the morning rain productive or not? Says the Gemara Lokasha. How Well, look at the sky. If it's overcast with nice thick clouds, it's going to be a good morning rain. If it's just like a little overcast with thin clouds, nothing really, so it's a bad morning rain. So really you got to speak to the meteorologist and you'll know, but it's not necessarily true that the morning rain is not effective. We have Armalta again, this usage of the spousal relationship. Tevis is a, Shata the Tevis is the year in which Tevis is a widow. Good is the year where Tevis is a widow in the sense that what? It has no rain at all. It's because then, that's when, that's, that's when the places of Torah are going to be not empty. In other words, like this. It's good to spread out the rain. This is again, we're getting the bracha of rain, but we want to get it on our terms. So what's our terms? If it just rains incessantly, all the roads will be muddy and impassable. It's better to have a bunch of early rain, good for the crops, then let the sun come out, dry everything out so it's good for the roads, and then let the rain come again whenever, you know, whenever it's best for us. Oh. That's what it means. Some say that the reason why it's good for Tavis to be dry is that people could pass the roads and they don't get muddy. Because if it rains incessantly, you're going to have what's Shudfana? It's going to be like, uh, like um, uh, when things get oversaturated and flooded. So you don't want that, right? So again, it's too much. So I'm going to ask, Aini, is that really true? Amar of Chista, Tavalashata de Tavis Manvalsa, right? Rav Chista, Rabbi Yehuda said it's good when Tavis is dry. Rav Chista said it's good when Tavis is Manvalsa, like, like a, uh, really, like unseemly, like Manuval, right? Like a, like a, the opposite of a demure Kala, um, when, when it's good, that, when it's just raining like nuts all through Tavis. So which is it? So the Gemara answers, like it said before, with the clouds, Lokasha, Hada Asar Mitra Mikara, Right? If there was rain before and you're already fully saturated, so then it's good for the rain to stop a little bit and let everything calm down. If you didn't get rain until then, then you better hope for rain on Tavis because you need it. Okay. Okay, another statement about rain from Rav Chista. 
Call him the rain man, right? Uh, if we don't have rain, rain is gashmius. Right. It's gashmius. We, you know, it's like the, the Kutzker Rebbe always said. On Rosh Hashanah, he stopped everyone. He's like, I know what you guys want. You guys want gashmius. I get it. Okay? Just, just be honest. Okay? I'm not asking you, I'm not asking you to ask for, to be the Babasali. You know, but at least just be honest about what you want. Because Hashem really is listening to you on Rosh Hashanah. So just be honest with him <laughs> about what you want. You want... Parnasa and Gashmias. So at least be honest with it. Anyway, so that's what we daven for. Anyway, we also don't want to starve. So, what if part of the land gets Gashmias and part of the land doesn't? Right? So, would you say that that's Vatsar just because part of the land doesn't have? So, the Gemara asks, It says in Amos, What does it say? I'm going to withhold rain from you, right? Three months. Shy of the reaping, but I'm going to, this is a curse. I'm going to bring rain on one city. We'll pick a city, Petach Tikva. So only Petach Tikva is going to have the rain. It's like a cruel joke. And another city, I'm not going to bring rain. One portion will be rain upon another. This is all a curse. So it sounds like when only part of the uh, uh, land is getting rain, that it is in fact Atzvatzar. So why is Rechissa says that it's not part of a curse? The Gemara says, low kasha. Right? In other words, if you have like a whole large swath portion of the country is getting rain, so that's good because they'll share it, right? With the, with the Negev, you know? But here, when he's pinpointing almost to tease you and he's saying you're only going to get it in Rishon Letzion and everywhere else you're going you're to dry out, so then that's not, that's not helpful at all. That's like a tease, so Amravashi, Deikanami, yeah, this, this is also Meduyak in, in the, in the, in the Pasuk. As Rashi explains, that the Timater, Klomar, Yotermi, die. Right? That, in other words, he's, he's saying, yeah, I'm gonna flood one city and not give anything to the others. So everything depends on need and distribution here. Okay, a couple of minutes. Again, with the spousal thing, when are we saying, Birchos Geshamim? Uh, over rain. What's the bracha here? So that's the bracha. In, you'll see in brachos stuff and dal. We already learned it. Hatova meitiv. That's what it says over there. However, over there, Tosos is going to ask, and over there, the Gemara, uh, I believe, asked, "What do you mean tova meitiv? Why are you saying tova meitiv? You should say this bracha." My mevarach. Our Gemara says a different bracha. Amar Yehuda, Amar Rav, Moedim Menachem Loch, Hashem Elokeinu, Akol Tipa Vetipa Shorat Alanu. Ah, that, that you make an actual rain bracha. Rabbi Yochanan Messiah Behachi, Rabbi Yochanan Messiah, Ilu Pilu, Finu, Walashira Kayam, Lushanen, Rina, Kamon, Galav, even if our mouth is full of song of the sea, our tongue full of joyous, Ad, Alia, Zvonu, Rachamecha, Shemelkenu, Veloa, Zavunu, let your mercy not leave us, Baruch, Rov, Haodaos. The bracha on rain. Bless are you with thanksgiving. Rov, Haodaos. Daf Yomi coincidence. Amarava. Ema Kael Haodaos, the God of Thanksgivings, Amar Papa, Hilchach, there's a dispute, therefore, on how to finish the bracha. As we arrive at Zion, Amar Aleph, Nimreinu Lesarvayu, we should say both. Kael Haodaos, Verova Haodaos. Hashem of Thanksgiving and many Thanksgivings. As we arrive at the second line, there are, uh, the Shulchan Aruch quotes this the Halacha, to say this bracha, but it depends on, on, on when, and it has to be a situation where there's a draft beforehand. But be that as it may, may we be blessed. Oh, because it's my Hebrew birthday, so I give brachas. May everyone 
be blessed with Ruchnius and Gashmius in its fullest form.